a Voice of St. Louis original podcast. This is the St. Louis All Local Podcast from KMOX Radio. I'm Megan Lynch with the news you need for this Tuesday, February 28th. The man accused of critically injuring a volleyball player visiting St. Louis hears from her family during a bond hearing Monday. The parents of Janae Edmondson were in a St. Louis courtroom for the bail hearing of Daniel Riley. He's facing second-degree assault in the downtown crash that left the 17-year-old without legs. Her father told the court he could still hear the roar of the engine when Riley's car sped through a yield sign, causing a chain reaction that pinned Janae between cars. The victim's mother relayed from the daughter the hope Riley doesn't hurt anyone else like he did to her. After the emotional hearing, the judge ruled Riley must stay in jail awaiting trial. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. A judge appointed to hear the case for the removal of circuit attorney Kim Gardner from office issues his first order. The judge orders Kim Gardner to file her pleading in the petition, the petition to remove her within 14 days or she would lose by default. One legal observer tells us that 14-day time frame is significant, a very fast time track. Usually a judge gives you 30 days. Judge John Trebitsky's order also tells Gardner to maintain Maintain her office and all her duties. In the meantime, Gardner supporters are planning a mid-morning rally on the courthouse steps for what they call unprecedented attacks upon her office. Kevin Colleen, KMOX News. A Missouri Senate committee heard testimony Monday about a bill to take away violent crime cases from a circuit attorney when homicide cases reach 35 per 100,000 residents. Representative Lane Roberts told senators his bill takes aim at St. Louis. Uh, people think of Missouri as a dangerous place. A disproportionate number of those uh, uh, homicides occur in the city of St. Louis. The Missouri Prosecutors Association testified against the measure, saying circuit attorneys are elected by the people and must remain independent of politics. The bill has already passed the House. Central Visual and Performing Arts High School students are in the Capitol in Jefferson City. Their purpose? Drawing attention to changes they say are needed in Missouri gun laws. CVPA was the site of a mass shooting last October that took the lives of a student and teacher and injured three other students. Others jumped out of windows in an effort to escape the gunman. Several dozen teens who were in school that day are interested in talking with lawmakers today about red flag laws, which takes guns away from the mentally ill. Stuart McMillan, KMOX News. Investigators trying to understand what touched off a deadly clash between two business associates in Dupo Sunday. It also left a police officer wounded and led to a long standoff. The dead identified as 46-year-old Daryl Mance of Belleville and 40-year-old Reginald Allen of Dupo. Police say they'd work together in home construction and renovation, but they say it's unclear why Allen shot and killed Mance and then later killed himself. We would definitely like to find the motive. It might be difficult now but uh, we will continue to investigate that. And if we can also locate how he obtained a firearm, which he should not have had. Allen had a long criminal record, dozens of felony charges, including a 2009 case in which he was charged with running over a man with his pickup truck on the parking lot of his mother's Metro East Strip Club, where he was working as a bouncer. The reckless homicide charge was plea bargained down to a lesser charge. Allen spent a year in prison. Secondary murder charges filed in a February 4th shooting in South St. Louis, where police say a man killed his brother. 33-year-old Brad Evans is accused of killing 36-year-old Kenneth Evans, who was found behind the wheel of a car at South Broadway in Bates. Investigators have not said why they believe the suspect murdered his own brother. 
The new chair of the St. Louis County Council continues to face struggles with members walking out of a special meeting Saturday. Chairwoman Shalanda Webb had Democrat and Republican alike get up and leave over how she conducted the meeting. Councilman Mark Harder compares Webb to former Chairwoman Rita Days. There is a difference in style, that's for sure. And uh, I enjoyed being uh, the vice chair under uh, Miss Days and... Um, and I uh, wish she would come back at this point. But Harder says that's not likely to happen. Instead, he wishes the chair would realize the job is to facilitate meetings, not control them. A bill awaits final passage in the Missouri House to ban local governments from imposing eviction moratoriums. Representative Chris Brown says it's between a tenant and their landlord. They are entering into a contract, a lease arrangement, two willing parties, and then to have a third party come in and basically nullify that lease, I, I contend that that is simply unlawful. Brown says it amounts to a property seizure by the government. An amendment added to the bill also prevents local governments from requiring inspections for home sales. A proposal to create what's called a regulatory sandbox in Missouri passed in the House Monday. Representative Alex Riley says it sets up an agency that will oversee new industries, technologies, and products where current regulations may not apply. This is a bill that says broadly across the, uh, across the spectrum that the state of Missouri is open for business and open for innovation. There are concerns creating a new agency to establish regulations on the fly could be abused or result in other problems. The bill now heads to the Senate. Governor Parson has signed a measure into law raising the pay of most state workers by 8.7 percent. For those working in congregate care centers such as prisons and veterans homes, they would get a $2 shift premium for those jobs. The increase comes after a 7.5 percent pay raise last year, but still leaves the state below many retailers when it comes to hourly wages. The families of Illinois' fallen first responders may not have to wait any longer to get death benefits. A measure that would ensure full funding for the account is being considered by the legislature, with Controller Susanna Mendoza urging it be passed. We will make sure the families of these fallen heroes are able to remain financially secure during their most vulnerable time. Mendoza says the fund sometimes runs out, leaving families of the fallen waiting until the legislature appropriates more money the following year. A prescribed burn taking place tomorrow at Rock Springs Rotary Park in O'Fallon, Illinois. The park will be closed most of Wednesday as they will be burning nearly 20 acres of the 100-acre park. The shelves are getting sparse at Ben's store on Main Street in Belleville as the one-time Ben Franklin is closing for good soon. Prices on everything are slashed 50 to 80 percent. Owner Beth Womble says they're ending a 46-year run because her dad needs to take some time for himself. He's a workaholic. He's here every day, even now. Um, he knows he needs to. His, his body's telling him it, that he's 83 and he needs to slow down, but he still works every day. Womble says her dad plans to golf, travel in his RV, and spend time with his family when the store closes for good. No firm closing date has yet been set. A central West End building almost torn down for something new, but historic preservationists remained optimistic about its prospects. Now they may be vindicated. There's an under-contract sign out front of the mid-century modern Optimist International headquarters on Lindell. This is after failed attempts by off-criticized department developer Lux Living to make major changes to the complex. The preservation denied those, though, despite the Optimist saying they don't need and can't afford all the space. And Lux saying you'd have trouble finding someone else. Well, 
KMOX News confirms the buyer under contract is not Lux, but another developer that is not new to St. Louis. They plan to abide by what the Preservation Board has indicated that some new construction is fine, but the historic pavilion on the western side of the site has to stay. Even if the new owners buy the land, they'll still need Preservation Board buy-in to change the building. Michael Calhoun, KMOX News. I'm Megan Lynch. St. Louis All Local is produced by the KMOX News team. Subscribe to the All Local on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And listen to KMOX every hour on the hour. Tell your smart speaker to play KMOX.